The NHL Awards will be held in Las Vegas on June 19, 2019, which is this Wednesday. Uh, this marks actually the start of the offseason. Hi, I'm Thomas Vesio, and I'm always alongside Andrew Flager for the N10 Puck Talk Podcast, episode number 18. Uh, this is being recorded on June 17th. Uh, Flager, we got some golf news we want to talk about. Uh, let's hear it. Uh, well, Gary Woodland won the U.S. Open this weekend. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't profit at all. I think I actually lost money this weekend because I had bets on Matsuyama to win and Matt Kuchar. Matt Kuchar was looking solid going into Sunday, the final round. But uh, he kind of shit the bed in the last round, I think. Uh, he definitely shot over par uh, on Sunday. I don't even think he finished in the top 20. So lost a little bit of money there. Uh, but congrats to Gary Woodland. So There's a lot of NHL news to talk about this week. And NBA news, actually. Toronto Raptors are uh, Larry O'Brien, NBA championship. Champ- yeah. So that's huge news, too. I know the parade is happening downtown Toronto today. Uh, it looked crazy. I yeah. heard. I don't know how accurate this is, but I heard there's like two million people, two million people, uh, gathered downtown on the streets of Toronto today. So that that's a huge number. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. It's our first championship since uh, first major championship since 1993 with the Jays. So that's pretty uh, good news for the Toronto Raptors. Uh, yeah, you mentioned we have a lot of hockey news to talk about it. So let's dive right into the hockey news. Uh, the first news has become a trending topic. Uh, probably. One of the biggest free agents that could have been. It's Eric Carlson signing back with the San Jose Sharks uh, to an eight-year contract extension worth about around $11. million per season. Uh, hasn't been uh, 100% confirmed yet by the insiders and the San Jose Sharks, but it's reportedly worth around $11. million per season. Uh, I know, Andrew, you have a lot to say on this contract extension, but I'll get to my stats that I wrote here quickly. Uh, Carlson recorded 45 points in 53 games this past regular season and recorded 16 points in 19 playoff games for the Sharks. So, Flager, good deal, bad deal? Uh, honestly, I think it's more of a bad deal, because if you look at their the San Jose Sharks' uh, contract situation, if you go to their forwards, they have to sign this summer. Um, Kevin LeBanc is a restricted free agent. Jonas Donskoy is a UFA. Michael Haley is a UFA who they probably wouldn't resign anyways. Joe Pavelski, unfortunately, is a UFA. Joe Thornton is a UFA. Gustav Nyquist is a UFA. Timo Meyer is an RFA. Uh, and I think there's only like three three forwards or top tier forwards, in my opinion, Thomas Hurdle, Evander Kane, and Logan Couture that are all on a contract up until at least 2022. Uh, so they, they're going to have to resign up bunch of forwards i don't know how they're gonna yeah. uh, re-sign joe pavelski jonas donskoy nyquist even timo meyer with this huge eric carlson contract i would have let carlson walk especially knowing his injury uh situations in the past i don't even i don't actually know if he's even played a full season since like 2016 or something like that because i know he's always been he's been battling injury uh for a number of seasons now mm-hmm. but if I'm looking on the defensive end um, of the San Jose Sharks team, they have already have Brent Burns and Mark Edward Vlasic, who are top, in my opinion, two top-tier defensemen who could easily be on uh, their first D pairing. I would have let Carlson walk. I think he's making too much money. Uh, I would have signed, re-signed all their forwards that they're going to have to figure out this summer. Yeah, I like what you said there about the forwards. you got to get them signed and whatnot, but... 
Eric Carlson, when healthy, is the best defenseman in the NHL. No questions about it. Um, Eleven point five million it could hurt them in the future because they do have a couple of players locked up until they're over age thirty-seven. So that's going to be an issue when you have a couple guys over eight million dollars per year um, in their late thirties. So that's going to be a problem for the future in this for the San Jose Sharks. But again, I think probably this is going to happen. Don Scoy and Nyquist are going to walk into the free agency. So I mean, that's going to be a big loss on the offensive side for the Sharks. But looking at the defensive side, they're going to be very, very good for the near future. So good for the San Jose Sharks. And I guess Fillier doesn't think so. So we'll see. Uh, other news. Going to the Eastern Conference now, Carl Hagelin signed a four-year contract with the Capitals worth $2.75 million. Uh, Hagelin had 19 points, five goals, and 14 assists in 58 regular season games with the Capitals, Kings, and Penguins this season. So he was playing with a number, handful of teams. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think it's a good signing, though, for the Capitals because he brings speed. I think he would play on the, the third line probably for the Capitals. Mm-hmm. Uh, good signing. Uh, Ottawa News. Anthony Duclair signs a one-year contract worth $1.65 million. Uh, Duclair was actually traded to the Ottawa Senators last year in exchange for the, in the Matthew Shane trade from Columbus. So he's uh, actually one-year contract with the Senators. It's not terrible, and it's probably, um, I guess, a proven year for uh, Anthony Duclair coming next year uh, to prove himself as a regular NHL player. Dion Phaneuf was bought out by the Los Angeles Kings this week. He had two seasons remaining on a seven-year contract. He signed with the Toronto Maple Leafs on December 31st, 2013. Uh, Phaneuf had six points, one goal, five assists, and 67 with the Kings this season. Uh, to the other, well, To the other division now. Uh, Oli Mata is actually being dealt to the Chicago Blackhawks in exchange for Dominic Cahoon in a fifth-round pick. Uh, this was very surprising when I got the notification on my phone. Uh, Mata had 14 points, one goal, 13 assists this year with the Penguins. And obviously Dominic Cahoon, a young, speedy 23-year-old forward, had 37 points, 13 goals, 24 assists, and 82 games with the Blackhawks this season in his first NHL season as a rookie. Um, Mata has had a tough time in Pittsburgh, he hasn't been the draft pick that the Penguins are hoping he'd be. But I guess this is kind of a new start for Ole Matt in Chicago. And I don't think this confirms anything, but the, the Chicago Blackhawks hold the fourth overall pick. And just acquiring a defense now with uh, Seabrook, Keith, Eric Gustafson, uh, Adam Boakvist, Yo- Henry Yoki Hiru uh, on their decor already, it might not confirm, but... Maybe they're not going to go for the choice of Bowen Byram in the NHL draft uh, that's going to be held on this Friday. Maybe they go with a uh, forward now with Cole Caulfield being up there so high. So we'll see on Friday who the Blackhawks draft, but I think it's a smart decision to go with the forward now, especially that they acquired Olimata from the Penguins. Yeah, this wasn't actually surprising to me because I remember back uh, a few months ago we were talking about how there was rumors about Mata being traded uh, from the Penguins. That was probably back on like maybe our fourth episode, something like that. Uh, but it seems like the Penguins like to acquire young young forwards. If you look at like Jake Gensel, for example, I don't know exactly where he came from. I don't know if they signed him or if they traded for him, but he was a young forward that they went for. Uh, Brian Rust, I think, was another one. They just seem like they, they like uh, younger younger players, I guess. Yeah, yeah you're, you're, you're good. You're right. Uh, Jordan Eberle agreed to a five-year contract with the New York Islanders worth $5.5 million per season. Everly had 37 points, 19 goals, and 18 assists in seven, 78 games with the Islanders this year. 
He had nine points, four goals, and five assists in eight games during the playoffs this year. Yeah, that's a good deal for the Islanders, but I don't know what Captain Andres Lee is going to get, so uh, we'll keep you updated on that, obviously. Uh, Matt Niskanen has been traded to the Philadelphia Flyers in exchange for defenseman Ratko Gudis. Uh, this is the first time, actually, that the Capitals and Flyers have made a trade involving two full-time NHL players since Washington entered the league in 1974. That's, that's pretty cool. Um, Niskanen had two years remaining at $5.7 million per and the Philadelphia Flyers will retain 30% of uh, Gudis' salary, and that contract will expire after next year worth $3.35 million. So uh, Washington's acquiring a gritty guy on the defensive end, uh, Radko Gudis, and I think Matt Niskanen is going uh, to bring a lot of offense to the Philadelphia Flyers' defensive core, which they're not really getting from Shane Gossespierre, so hopefully they can get that from Niskanen and help him out. Dallas Eakins was hired as the Ducks head coach this week. Uh, he's the 10th coach in franchise history. He was the coach of the Ducks American Hockey League affiliate, the San Diego. Uh, I don't know their logo because I'm not a fan of the AHL the past four <laughs> seasons. Uh, he went 154, 95, and 23 and qualified for the Calder Cup playoffs three times. Yeah, I recently wrote an article, I think, a week ago about the Anaheim Ducks and their young offensive talent that they have. In the minors and draft, uh, Dallas Eikens obviously is a big fan of the young players that the uh, Anaheim Ducks have drafted over the couple, uh, past couple of years. So I think this is a good um, hiring for the Anaheim Ducks because they didn't have a coach um, in the NHL because it was their GM, Bob Murray, doing the job for the remainder part of the season when they fired Randy Carlisle. So I think Eikens can bring a lot of um, exper experience throughout the AHL level and hopefully um, help the younger guys uh, develop their game even more. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Uh, I'm a fan of this hiring, too. Um, I mean, the Anaheim Ducks did not look great this season at all. No. They need to figure their shit out. Hopefully, they could turn things around next season. Uh, Thomas, before we – that's all we have for yep. hockey news today. But before we move on, I just want to quickly mention uh, this all-sports league fantasy draft that's coming up. It's starting tomorrow. Uh, if you're looking for a new fantasy league to, to join this summer – Check out ASLDraft.com. It's an all-sports league draft, and it's unlike any other. It's a 16-round snake draft where you select two teams, name major sports, any team at any time, for a league that lasts and gives you a rooting interest all year round. There's very little commitment. There's no lineups to set, no salaries to figure out, just a fun draft for big sports fans that everyone can play in. Again, that's ASLDraft.com. We think it's a great idea, so go check it out and uh, look into it and see how it actually works. Uh, like I said, the draft is happening tomorrow, uh, Tuesday, June 18th. So if you're interested, we obviously have a promo code for you. Use the code BREAKDOWN, spelled B-R-K-D-W-N, for $10 off of your entry into this fantasy draft. And the heart goes to Tyler Hall. This is Taylor Hall. Well said, Flager, and we'll move on to the main part of the episode. It's going to be the NHL Awards. Uh, obviously, we just heard that 2018 Hart Memorial Trophy winner was awarded to Taylor Hall last year at the NHL Awards. Uh, hopefully, it's either uh, won by Nikita Kucherov, uh, Sidney Crosby, or young phenom Connor McDavid this year. So we'll see on Wednesday, and we'll probably give you an update 
on the Saturday episode where we'll be uh, recapping the NHL draft and the winners of the NHL awards. Uh, do we want to get started here with the Selkie nominees, Flager? You could uh, read them out. Okay, so Selkie Award is nominated. I mean, sorry, is awarded to the forward voted best, excelling in the defensive aspects of the game. Uh, Patrice Bergeron is a finalist for the Selkie Trophy for a record eighth consecutive year. Mark Stone was also nominated for the first time this year, and Ryan O'Reilly is the last nominee for this award. Uh, this is his first nomination for this award this season. Uh, the analysis of the award breakdown for each player is looking like this. Patrice Bergeron was eighth in the NHL this season in faceoff percentage, 56.6%, uh, minimum 750 faceoff attempts. Uh, he was 10th with 52.3%, minimum fa- 50 faceoffs won while shorthanded. Uh, Patrice Bergeron led the Bruins in shorthanded goals with four and was first among Bruins forwards in block shots with 60. Uh, he also was plus 23 this season for the Boston Bruins. Orion O'Reilly uh, led the NHL with a hunt. 1,000 on 100, 1,086 faceoff wins, which is incredible. Fourth in shorthanded faceoff wins with 121. Eighth in faceoff percentage, 56.9%, minimum 450 faceoffs taken. And he was also a plus 22 for the St. Louis Blues this season. Mark Stone with the Vegas Golden Knights. He had 71 block shots uh, this year in total. Also had 18 and 18 games for the Vegas Golden Knights when he was acquired from the Ottawa Senators. He led the NHL with 122 takeaways this year, 22 more than the second best in the NHL, which was Alexander Barkov, and then 28 more than nominee O'Reilly, and then 80 more than Patrice Bergeron, his other nominee. So that's incredible for the winger, Mark Stone. Uh, He was a plus 17 this year, and it would be the first time a winger will have claimed this award since Yari Lettinen won the award uh, in 2002-2003 with the Dallas Stars. Who do you like to win this award, Thomas? I'm thinking... Brian O'Reilly, uh, just because I, I love the plus-minus stat. He's a plus-22, um, and I'm also a big fan of face-offs. I think face-offs, obviously, they win you possession of the puck in uh, big games. Uh, so I think that's another important stat as well. And the fact that he's leading the NHL in face-off wins this season and he was a plus-22, That's that says it for me. I think Ryan O'Reilly would be my, my Selkie trophy winner. What about you? Yeah, and for my Selkie winner on uh, Wednesday night, I think the one who's going to take it home is uh, Vegas Golden Knights winger Mark Stone. Uh, you just look at the stats we read um, when you're reading the stats for each nominee, and you're looking at the takeaways, like 122 takeaways, which was 80 more than Bergeron and 28 more than other nominee you just mentioned, Ryan O'Reilly. That's pretty crazy for a winger to do that in his position uh, because he's so focused more on offense and getting points and uh, goals in the back of the net. Uh, with a center, he's more capable of uh, going back and playing defense more than a winger would. And I just think that Mark Stone could be the first winger to win the award, as I mentioned, uh, since Yuri Lettinen won in 2002-2003. And I think that uh, Mark Stone could take it home on Wednesday night. Yeah, I like that prediction. Uh, I would say, if I had to pick like an order of my predictions, I would say O'Reilly's first, Bergeron a second, then Stone. But honestly, you make a valid point, like, he is a winger, so you have to take that in, into consideration. Obviously, he's not taking face-offs, so that's not really a stat that applies to him in this situation. Um, but, like, man, like, he had so many block shots this year. So that that's a huge defensive stat, obviously. Uh, I would I would actually like to see Stone take it over Patrice Bergeron, I think, and Ryan O'Reilly, just because he's the, the um, a winger, the only winger 
uh, nominated. Uh, but I, I really think O'Reilly will, will take it home. But we'll see. We'll find out Wednesday night. Uh, moving on to the Lady Bing Memorial, or not Memorial Trophy, it's actually just called Lady Bing. Uh, the award is given annually to the player voted to best combined sportsmanship, uh, gentlemanly and conduct ability. So the nominees this year are Barkov, uh, who's nominated for the third time in his career, Sean Monahan, who's a finalist for the first time in his career, and Ryan O'Reilly, again, nominated for the third time and won it back in 2014 with the Avalanche. So uh, you can read the stats here for uh, each player player. Alexander Barkov was tied for fifth in minor penalties with 34 drawn penalties against him. Uh, Barkov was assessed four minor, four minor penalties and eight penalty minutes, tied for second fewest in the NHL with teammate Evgeny Dadanov among those who played 82 games. That's kind of interesting. John Monahan, on the other hand, he was established uh, – an NHL career high with 34 goals, 48 assists, and 82 points this season. He was assessed six minor penalties, totaling 12 minutes. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly led the Blues with 49 assists, 77 points, and 0.94 points per game this season. He received six minor penalties, totaling 12 minutes, with third fewest of anyone who skated in 82 games. Thomas, what's your prediction here? Uh... My prediction is uh, Alexander Barkov, the captain for the Florida Panthers, uh, just leaning by example with no rarely any penalties in his game and rarely any uh, bad stuff that's happening uh, to him with uh, in between the whistles and in between play. I think you just read that stat. He's tied for the second fewest in the NHL with teammate Evgeny Dadunov, which shows that they're on the same page here and working together with the Florida Panthers. Um, he had 90-something points this year for the Florida Panthers. And to do that, to get 90 points and not draw or draw a lot of penalties and not taking a lot of penalties just shows you what kind of captain leader he is for the Panthers. Uh, what about you, Flager? What do you think? No, I, I was just going to say I completely agree. The only other player I can see winning it is maybe Ryan O'Reilly again. Uh, unfortunately, I don't, I don't really want to see him uh, – win it for a second time i would go with barkov i think he's probably the best best uh prediction in my in my opinion i don't think seanahan um sean monahan really has a chance so i i would say barkov i'd like to see barkov win and i think he will do it let's move on to the bill masterton trophy finalist uh this award is presented annually to the nhl player voted to best exemplify the qualities of perseverance sportsmanship and dedication to hockey uh the nominees this year are all first-time nominees. We have Nick Foligno, Robin Leonard, and Joe Thornton. Uh, let's go into an analysis here. Nick Foligno. Nick Foligno was forced to deal with uh, health issues affecting two of his three young children, yet returned to the lineup and played a significant role in helping the Blue Jackets qualify for the playoffs this year. He missed five games when his five-year-old daughter, Milana, born with a, a heart defect, needed a second heart surgery on December 31st of, of this season. Uh, Milena had surgery to replace her heart valve a few weeks after her birth in October 2013. Uh, he missed four games when his 23-month-old son, Hudson, was hospital hospitalized in March 11th after contracting pneumonia so severe that his right lung collapsed four days later. No Columbus player has ever won the Masterton, since the Blue Jackets entered the league in 2000. Uh, Robin Leonard, he was 14, 26, and 9 last year with the Buffalo Sabres and had 
a 3.02 goals against average and a 0.908 save percentage. This season, he turned things around with the New York Islanders. He had a record of 25-13-5 with a 2.13 goals against average and 0.930 save percentage. He revealed during training camp that he had issues with addiction and and previously undiagnosed bipolar uh, disorder. Leonard would be the third player in Islanders history to win the Bill Masterton Trophy. Moving on to the last nominee, Joe Thornton. Joe Thornton is a 39-year-old forward with the San Jose Sharks, and he made a comeback from major injuries in each of his past two seasons. He tore his ACL and then his MCL in his left knee in 2017, and then tore the MCL in his right knee, Jeez. the opposite knee, in 2018. Yeah. Uh, Joe Thornton had 51 points, 16 goals, 35 assists, and was a plus eight this season, averaging 15 minutes, 33 seconds of ice time in 73 games. Forward Tony Granado in 1997 is the only Sharks player to ever win the Masterton Award since San Jose entered the league in 1991-1992. This is a tough one. Yeah. Um, because, like, there's great stories for each player, all three players. I honestly, I personally would probably go with Robin Leonard to win this award uh, just because he really – turned things around yeah in his uh, career even though he was uh like battling some mental mental health disorders uh so i i think i would go with robin leonard but honestly anyone could win this award exactly that's what i was gonna say as well this isn't like that's not even my prediction for who i think will win it i just i like robin leonard as a player and the fact that he turned things around after suffering um, mental health disorders i think he would be my pick but I could see it going to anyone. What about you, Thomas? Yeah, honestly, like if there was three awards for this, it would go to everyone. And I think it should go to everyone. Looking at their stories here, like, come on, like they're just heartwarming. Like we mentioned on the other podcast about the St. Louis Blues storylines and winning the cup. They're not, there's some of them are like this, like with Alexander Petrangelo having a tough childhood and adulthood, uh, like Nick Felino. Yeah, like I think anyone could win this award, especially like Joe Thorne. He's, an old age he dude look at both of his knees are like blown out and he's still putting in work uh he's not the captain anymore he's the assistant captain but look at his work he did for the san jose sharks in his leadership role there Uh, i think i think i agree with you robin leonard he really turned things around from last year look at the stats right there you read and the mental disorder he was dealing with um that he revealed at the beginning of the season so um and people are usually scared to reveal that stuff because they think people would give them like i don't know they would I don't know what cruel people would do this, but they would uh, make fun of someone for revealing that he has this type of disorder, which isn't right at all. So I think this is Robin Leonard's award to win because of the comeback he's had from last year to this year. I guess let's move on to King Clancy. Uh, The King Clancy trophy is awarded to the player who best exemplifies leadership qualities on and off the ice and has made a noteworthy humanitarian contribution in his community. Uh, The winner receives a $40,000 donation from the NHL Foundation to benefit a charity or charities of his choice. The two runners-up each get a $5,000 donation. Uh, I, I personally like this award because yeah. all the nominees actually get something out of it. Uh, I guess you can read the analysis for this. Yeah, read, yeah. yeah you read enough uh, over there. Uh, Oliver Eckman-Larsen is one of the nominees. 
He has served as a hockey as ever for everyone ambassador for the Coyotes for the past three years. A uh, strong connection with the community includes 250,000 do in donations made to the Boys and Girls Club. The 27-year-old defenseman has purchased a suite each season at the Gila River Arena, which the Coyotes play out of, and has invited branches of the club to allow the kids the opportunity to watch hockey games and then meet him after every home game. That's got to be very controversial from uh, Oliver Eckman Larson. Win or lose after the game, he's got to meet the kids and puts out an effort to deal with them. That's that's pretty cool on Eckman Larson's part. Uh, he helped the Phoenix Children's Hospital with their local promotions for Childhood Cancer Awareness Month with social media postings. And he continues his work in supporting a Hockey Fights Cancer and Hockey Talks by wearing purple uh, ties, pins, tape on his stick, well, you name it uh, for awareness and being active on social media. So great for Ekman Larson there. Um, another Swede in the other conference, uh, the New York Rangers goalie Henrik Lundqvist. Um, Lundqvist and his wife founded the Henrik Lundqvist Foundation. They've raised more than $2.5 million to benefit four partners together for better. New York, New York Children's Hospital, Ronald McDonald House, and Garden of Dreams Foundation, as well as the foundation's own program, the Henrik Lundqvist Foundation Ambassador Program. That's awesome, man. And this 37-year-old goalie has made, raised more than $18,000 for Hockey Fights Cancer and more than $3,000 for Hockey's Everyone through donations of signed memorabilia. Jason Zucker in the for the Minnesota Wild. Uh, he's actually, I, I don't know if he's been nominated for this award a lot, but I've heard a lot of charitable work he's done for the Minnesota Wild there. So I'm just going to read some stuff about him. Uh, Zucker and his wife Carly began a fundraiser campaign for the Zucker Family Suite and broadcast studio at the University of Minnesota uh, Children's Hospital in Minneapolis. In 2017, the space will allow children and their families to watch wild games in a setting that simulates the experience of being at the game itself. That's really cool. In August 2018, Zucker partnered with the WD League, which is hosted uh, to showcase a game with the players from Minnesota, Minnesota Special Hockey, a modified ice hockey program in Minnesota for players of all ages with developmental disabilities. And the last point he here, he also serves as hockey is for everyone's ambassador for the Minnesota Wild. Uh, he scored 21 goals this. This is pretty cool when I found this out. He scored 21 goals this season and pledged a $1,600 check for each one. Uh, Zucker was a finalist for the King, yeah. So Zucker Zucker was a finalist for the King Clancy Memorial Trophy last season, and I know he's done a lot of charitable work for the Minnesota Wild organization. Again, this is award that it can go to anyone. But if you had to choose one flagger, who would it be? Okay, this is a tough one. I'm glad that all players will get rewarded in one way or another for this award. I think Henrik Lundqvist has been nominated for this award before. Um, honestly, I think I would go with him because he's... I don't know. I don't... Like, this is another tough award to pick. Exactly, yeah. You could mm -hmm. easily go with anyone. Exactly. I think Lundqvist, though, because the fact that he raised $2.5 million yeah. to benefit four different partners, um, like charity partners, that's that's a lot of freaking money, man. Like, And he's been, like, the face of the New York Rangers goaltending and well, their team. Yeah, basically. And he is coming to the end of his career as well, so that mm -hmm. is another reason why I think I would – Love to see him win it. I think Zucker and Oliver Ekman Larson, I could see them being nominated for it again in the future, even if they don't win it this year. So I think I would go with Henrik Lundqvist. Yeah, you, you got a good point there, especially because it's at the end of his career. Uh, I'd probably go with either Ekman Larson. Yeah, pro I'd probably go with Ekman Larson just because uh, 
Arizona, the Arizona Coyotes organization does enough, doesn't get enough attention when it's talked about hockey and the players that they have on their team getting the points that they have. Uh, they almost made the playoffs this year. And behind the scenes, it's incredible what Ekman Larson does for the kids there uh, and their programs for the Arizona Coyotes organization. It's incredible what they do there. And for the kids to start up hockey in each and every way in the state of Arizona is incredible. And this is a start to their program. So good for Ekman Larson. And yeah, I think every every player in this award, whoever's nominated, whatever, whatever year, uh, should be definitely recognized for their contribution to the community. Yeah, I like you can't argue against Oliver Ekman Larson to win it either. That's a good good prediction as well. Let's move on to the Messi NHL Leadership Award finalists. This award is given annually to the player who exemplifies great qualities to his team on and off the ice during the regular season and plays a role in his community growing the game of hockey. Uh, the first nominee for this award this year is Mark Giordano. He captained the Flames to into a Western Conference championship during the regular season. He had a, a very outstanding year as well, by the way. Uh, the 35-year-old partnered with the Calgary Board of Education in 2014 to launch Team Giordano to promote improved physical fitness and academics, as well as leadership development at five high-need schools in the area. The initiative has raised $400,000 and has impacted the lives of 3,000 students. Giordano, Giordano also participated in other community endeavors uh, including the Flames Literacy Program and the Calgary Pride Parade. Uh, the second nominee for this award is Wayne Simmons. Wayne Simmons is a finalist for the Mark Messier NHL Leadership Award. Uh, he was sorry, he was a finalist for this award last season. He had 30 points, 17 goals, and 13 assists in 79 games with the Philadelphia Flyers and Nashville Predators this season. Much of his off-ice work took place in the Philadelphia. Um, the city of Philadelphia, where the 30-year-old forward is a board member of the Ed Schneider Youth Hockey Foundation. And while the Flyers visited community rinks and engaged with students, uh, Wayne Simmons was an honorary chairman of the foundation's annual golf tournament for four straight years and worked in the planning committee in hosting the organization's Willie O'Ree Skills Weekend writing welcome letters to each participant. Simmons hosted a different military unit in a private suite and met each group at the end of every Philadelphia Flyers home game. He also hosted Wayne's Road Hockey Warriors to help grow the sport in his hometown of Scarborough, Ontario since 2012. Uh, Justin Williams is the last nominee for the Messier Leadership Award. Uh, Williams helped the Hurricanes qualify for the Stanley Cup playoffs for the first time since 2008-2009 this season. The 37-year-old forward named Hurricanes, Hurricanes captain on September 13th had 53 points, 23 goals, 30 assists in 82 games this year, reaching the 50-point mark for the seventh time in his 18 NHL seasons. Justin Williams also mentored the youth hockey community in North Carolina, where he helped coach the Junior Hurricanes under-10 team and assisted local girls hockey events. His efforts extended to his hometown of Coburg, Ontario, where he hosted the annual Justin Williams Skills Development Camp in support of charity over the summer. This is another award, Tom. Exactly, yeah. All three players have put in a tremendous amount of work into uh, leading their team on and off the ice. Yeah. 
and their communities, helping out in their communities as well. So this is another award where it's tough to pick. Uh, do you you have a prediction here? Yeah, I think I'm going to go with Mark Giordano. Um, he's the captain of the Calgary Flames, and he's led them tremendously throughout the season on the ice. And look what he does off the ice. He, again, gets to the community, gets to the students in the community. You see the money he's raised. You know, it's incredible what Mark Giordano's done for the city of Calgary. And he's a he's an Ontario native, which is very special to us, especially me and you, Flager, and the people in the Breakdown Sports who are from Canada and from Ontario. It's incredible. Uh, again, all three people should win this award, but if there has to be one, I'm going to go with Mark Giordano, the captain of the Calgary Flames. It's a good prediction. I think I would go with Wayne Simmons, um, primarily because I know when Simmons was traded from Philadelphia, I know the city missed him there because he did put in a lot of work in their community. Um, and the fact that he not only uh, like helped lead the Philadelphia Flyers, I, I mean, obviously he was on the Predators too, but when I think of Wayne Simmons, I think of him as a Philadelphia Flyer. Yeah. Um, but the fact that he not only helped out in Philadelphia, but he also um, has that uh, road hockey tournament. I think it's called uh, Wayne's Road Hockey Warriors uh, yeah. to help grow the sport in his hometown of Scarborough, Ontario. I'm, I'm a big fan of that. I've heard of that tournament before. Uh, I think I would go with Wayne Simmons in this this situation. Again, not even a dumb pick because every person who's nominated for this award should win it. And they do a lot for the community outside of hockey, which is very special. So uh, good for all those nominees. Uh, we're going to talk some very uh, hockey awards now because we're moving on from the uh, community awards now to the hockey awards. Uh, so the first award we're going to name is the Jack Adams Awards finalist. And these finalists are John Cooper, Craig Grubay, and Barry Trotz. So I will go through the stats that we have here. Um, John Cooper, obviously <laughs> the Lightning were amazing this season. Uh, there's no question about it. Coach the Lightning, for, obviously. Except for the playoffs. Well, yeah, except for the playoffs. But but I believe this award, anyways, is based on the regular season, if yes. I'm correct. Yeah, so the Lightning were 62-16-4 with 128 points to the first President's Trophy as the league's top regular season team. Tampa Bay's 62 wins tied the 95-96 Red Wings for the NHL single season record. And the uh, Lightning's 128 points were fourth most in league history. Tampa Bay finished 21 points ahead of Cal the Calgary Flames and Boston Bruins, who had 107 points each. Uh, very good for the Tampa Bay Lightning. A lot of credit has to be given to his players as well, not just the coaching, but he's a big factor in uh, each and every one on the team. Craig Brubay, the St. Louis Blues, obviously they won the Stanley Cup. Uh, Brubay began the season as an associate coach, but was then promoted by the Blues on November 19th after coach Mike Yo was fired following 7-9-3 seven, seven start. Uh, the St. Louis Blues took a while to come through together under Barube, but the Blues were last. They were last in the NHL on January second at 15, 18, and four, but finished 30, 10, and five, including an 11-game winning streak from January 3rd to February 19th to qualify for the Stanley Cup playoffs and obviously win the cup. And then on to the other division, that's the Metropolitan Division coach uh, Barry Trotz, the New York Islanders. Uh, he coached one of the best turnarounds in NHL history uh, for the Islanders. New York finished 48-27-7, finished 5th in the league with 103 points, a 23-point increase from their last season in 2017-18, and is the highest total since finishing with 104 points in 1983-84. That's incredible. Uh, they qualified for the playoffs, obviously. Uh, but They swept the Pittsburgh Penguins, but then uh, got swept 
in the next round to the Carolina Hurricanes. So that's not good. Uh, New York Islanders gave up an NHL low 191 goals after allowing a league high 293 in, two, in last year, becoming the sixth team in NHL history to allow at least a 100 fewer goals than the previous season. Barry Trotz won the Jack Adams Award in 2015-16, his second of four seasons with the Capitals. Um, I don't know who you're going to go with, Flager, but uh, I mean, each one deserves this award, but like, for me, I'm going with Barry Trotch just based on the stats. He turned around the Islanders uh, organization. They lost John Tavares, brought in a couple not crappy RFAs, I would say, because they're or RFAs, free agents. They're not. They are obviously great players, and they showed this year, and Barry Trotch coached them very good this year, and he obviously was part of the biggest turnaround in NHL history from last season. Uh, who are you going with, though? Uh, well, I just want to start off by saying Barry Trotz is definitely not a bad pick. He's had a hell of a career, by the way. Uh, obviously, he won a cup for the first time last season. Um, I'm going to go with Craig Berube because I do not believe that, well, obviously, it's kind of obvious that a coach is not everything in a team and they don't have everything to do with the team's success. So, yes, you could argue John Cooper is going to win the award uh, because he had tremendous amount of success this year, leading the, the Lightning with 128 points, uh, leading the NHL. And you could argue Barry Trotz was, uh, could also win this award because of the success he had this season. But their players have a lot to do with it. I'm going to go with Craig Berube because he basically helped turn the yeah. St. Louis Blues season around. From He led them from last place in the NHL in January all the way um, into a playoff spot. And obviously, they won the Cup this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think coaching definitely has a lot to do with the turnaround of the St. Louis Blues season in this situation. So I definitely think Craig Berube deserves this award, and I think he will win it. So that's my bold prediction there. Uh, the NHL General Manager of the Year finalists uh, are Don Sweeney, Don Waddell, and Doug Armstrong. A lot of Ds there. Um, obviously, these gentlemen are tremendous at their job, and they're nominated for one of the biggest trophies in hockey, uh, the General Manager Award who is most excellent at their role during the regular season. So obviously making trades, making whatever they have to do for their team to be successful. Uh, do you want to read the analysis here we have here? Sure. Uh, Don Sweeney, uh, obviously he's the general manager of the Boston Bruins. Uh, Boston had 107 points this season, tied with the Calgary Flames for second most in the NHL. The Bruins acquired forwards Marcus Johansson and Charlie Coyle in trades prior to the 2019 NHL trade deadline on February 25th. Uh, and obviously those forwards helped lead them to a Stanley Cup final this year. Uh, Don Sweeney, who played for 15 of his 16 NHL seasons with the Bruins, spent nine seasons working in the front office before being promoted to GM on May 20th, 2015, which is my birthday. Really? So, Good. Okay, so <laughs> maybe you're going to pick him. I don't know, maybe. <laughs> um, Don Waddell. Uh, obviously, he's the general manager of the Carolina Hurricanes. He oversaw one of the busier off-seasons with them, uh, adding defenseman Dougie Hamilton, Michael Furland, Jordan Martinuk, and rookie Andrei Svechnikov, and goalies Peter Mrazek and Curtis McElhaney. On January 17th, the Hurricanes acquired forward Nino Niederreiter in a trade with the Minnesota Wild, and he scored the game-winning goal against the New York Islanders in Game 2 of the second round. Waddell was GM of the Atlanta Thrashers from 1998 to 2010 
and after three seasons as a scout for the Penguins, was hired as president of the Hurricanes on July 1st, 2014. Uh, Doug Armstrong is the final nominee for this award. He managed the Blues into the Western Conference Final for the second time in his career as a general manager in his nine seasons with the St. Louis Blues and obviously led them into uh, winning a Stanley Cup this season. This season they started out 7-9-3, and three, and Armstrong promoted Craig Berube to replace Mike Yao as head coach. Uh, the Blues slipped into last place in the NHL standings on January 3rd, but Armstrong kept the roster intact, and St. Louis went 30-10-5 the rest of the season to finish third in the Central Division, and I believe that was the best record in that stretch. Uh, the Blues have reached the playoffs seven times under Armstrong and has 403 wins since he took over in 2010. And they are tied with the Boston Bruins for third most in the NHL during that span. Behind the Pittsburgh Penguins, 419 wins, and the Washington Capitals with 408 wins. Man, this is another tough award. I would have to go with Don Sweeney because uh, he was promoted to GM on my birthday. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely. I Honestly, Don Sweeney would be a good pick. Um, but I, I honestly, I'm a fan of Don Waddell, I think. Same. Because, I'm yeah. like, honestly, I think the thing about this award is two of the three nominees led their teams to uh, the Stanley Cup Finals. Yeah. And I think Don Waddell's work that he put in with the Carolina Hurricanes this season is very under the radar. Um, And he, I mean, obviously, the Carolina Hurricanes got recognition for it a little bit, but um, I think he he's a big reason on why they they really, like, kind of turned their, their franchise around. Like, they yes. literally made the playoffs for the first time since – uh, I think it was 2000, since they won the cup, I think, right? In 2000, no, so, uh, 2009, I, th- I believe it was the last yeah. time. Didn't they win the cup that year? No, that was like 2000, like, oh, s- yeah, that was 2006, long. I think. Yeah. Before Anyways, but he like, he's a big part, I think on why he, I mean, why the Carolina hurricanes turned things around. So I think I would have to go with him. Yeah, I'm also going with Don Waddell of the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, you look at the work he's done with the uh, Carolina Hurricanes there. Look at all the trades he's made. He's had the big cahoons to pull off those trades, and they worked out. So it was good on him for, or good on the players for getting in there and working on things with the coach, uh, Rod Brindamore, who was there. Uh, Nino Niederreiter was a great trade uh, for Victor Rast. That was an unbelievable trade that he pulled off. And that shocked brought- me. I can't lie. That trade shocked me. Like that, it worked yeah. out for the Carolina Hurricanes. I mean, I I wasn't a fan of it when you made that trade. But anyways, continue what you're saying. No, and like you, he pulled off the trade with Dougie Hamilton and Michael Furland. Yes, Elias Lindholm had a very very good year with the Calgary Flames, but Dougie Hamilton and Michael Furland and Furland were ultimately uh, big parts in why the Carolina Hurricanes went to the conference finals this year. Uh, Jordan Martinuk had a career year with the uh, Hurricanes as well, and a year before, Andrei Svechnikov was drafted, and he comes in the league and gets I think 20 goals in his first season as a rookie which is great for the organization and he's going to be he's going to be a great young talent for the future and then obviously he reshaped the goalies for the Carolina Hurricanes uh, Scott Darling was in the minors now Braden Pettermarazic last year from the Philadelphia Flyers is uh, that's that's a really good trade and I think that it worked out very well for them uh, hopefully it can work out well for the future because I want to see the Carolina Hurricanes have more success uh leading into their great years because they have a lot of great talent. So 
hopefully we see that. And I think this is Don Waddell's uh, trophy to win this year. I completely agree. Uh, let's move on to the Calder Trophy finalists. This award is given annually to the best rookie in the National Hockey League. Uh, the nominees for this award are Eliash Pedersen of the Vancouver Canucks. He finished his first NHL season with the Canucks uh, with a rookie record, 66 points, 28 goals, 38 assists, and 71 games, passing Pavel Bure in 1991-1992 season and Ivan Klinka in the 1981-1982 season, who each had 60 points. He is the 31st player in NHL history to end a season leading rookies in goals, assists, and points, and the first time since Artemi Panarin of the Chicago Blackhawks in 2015-2016. Pedersen also set a Canucks rookie record with seven game-winning goals. Rasmus Dahlin uh, obviously is the second uh, nominee for this award. A 19-year-old defenseman was selected with a number one overall pick of the 2018 NHL draft, and he led rookies in his position in points with 44, 35 assists, and power play points 20 with 20 power play points, and finished second in goals with nine, and average time on ice with 21 uh, minutes and nine seconds behind. Miro Heiskanen of the Dallas Stars, who had 12 goals and averaged 23 minutes and 7 seconds of ice time. Dallin was the fifth defenseman in NHL history with at least 30 points before his 19th birthday, uh, which was 53 games. And his four-game-winning four game goals were an NHL record for an 18-year-old defenseman. Rasmus Dallin was tied for third on the Sabres in takeaways, 38, and fifth in blocked shots. 66 and hits with 97. Jordan Bennington is the last rookie nominated for this award. He made his first NHL start on January 7th with the St. Louis Blues and went 24-5-1 since then with a 1.89 goals against average and a .927 save percentage and five shutouts in 32 games to help the Blues return to the Stanley Cup playoffs following a one-season absence and obviously led them to a Stanley Cup. Uh, he set a Blues record for most wins in a season by a rookie goalie and became the second goalie in the modern era of the NHL since 1943-1944 to have five shutouts in his first 18 regular season starts, joining Hall of Fame, joining the Hall of Famer Jacques Plante. Uh, he led the NHL in goals against average and was fourth in save percentage among goalies having played at least 10 games. This is another tough award, Thomas. There's great stats for all three of these players. If I had to pick one player, I would have to go with the golden boy, Eliash Pedersen, I think, because the fact that he put up 66 points in 71 games with the Vancouver Canucks, who, without, like, he didn't really have a great supporting cast there, uh, really impresses me. Uh, I think Pedersen would be my my um, go-to guy for this award. Yeah, as well as uh, Elias Pettersson, you're taking, I'm taking him as well. Um, he was unbelievable. His ability to pass the puck, his ability to shoot the puck, his ability to get the puck to anywhere he wants to go on the ice and to his teammates on the ice is incredible. His vision's incredible. Uh, his shot, there's nothing to say about that. He's got one of the best shots in the NHL at a young age like that. That's very, very good. Um, 
with Jordan, I got to give a lot of respect to Jordan Bennington and Rasmus Dahlin. They're great NHL players, and they're going to be for the foreseeable future. Bennington obviously had that run with the Blues, and Rasmus Dahlin was a rookie defenseman on the Buffalo Sabres, who the Buffalo Sabres aren't known to have amazing, amazing defensemen. And this year on the, on the paper, they weren't good at all. But Elias Pettersson, again, again, 66 points in 71 games for the young Swede is very, very good. And the Canucks have a lot to talk about for the near future about Pedersen. Um, he was said to have won the award in like December because of his play. Uh, he dealt with some injuries this year. Uh, but ultimately, I think he's going to come out and win the Calder Trophy on Wednesday. I could see Jordan Bennington possibly taking this award from Pedersen, though. I wouldn't be surprised. As I mean, obviously, I think Pedersen will win it. But the fact that... He went 24-5-1 in his rookie season as an NHL goaltender. Yeah. With a 1.89 goals against average is just amazing, I think. I, If he wins this award, I won't be upset by it by any means. I could see him possibly winning it as well. Um, but I think Pedersen is the way to go. Now moving up into the Vesna Trophy candidates. Uh, this award is obviously given annually to the goalie voted the best at his position. Uh, the nominees are Robin Lander, Ben Bishop, Honor Vasilevsky, all great goaltenders this year in the NHL. Uh, we obviously know a lot about Robin Lander. He's voted for the Bill Masterton Award. Uh, we mentioned a lot of his stats back then. So uh, he's 25-13-5 this year. He had six shutouts, and Lander ranks second in save percentage with 9.30 save percentage and third in goals against average with 2.13. Uh, he became the first player to get a shutout in, the Islander, in an Islanders uniform in his debut with a 4-0 win against the San Jose Sharks on October 8th. Uh, he won an NHL career best eight straight starts from December 18th through January 10th. Uh, among NHL goalies with at least 10 games played, Leonard and, back, and backup goalie Thomas Grace won the William N. Jennings Trophy, awards the goalies on the team that allowed the fewest goals, 196, including five sh- shootout winners during the regular season. Uh, that's incredible, and that obviously gives him a boost because Winning that award just, yeah, that, that obviously gives him a boost in winning the Vezina, maybe. Uh, ben Bishop, moving on to another award uh, nominee, had a record of 27-15-2, seven shutouts, ranked third in the NHL, uh, 1.98 goals against average, and a 9.34 save percentage this year. Uh, set a Stars record with an NHL career-long shutout streak of 233 minutes and four seconds from March 2nd to no- March 19th. Uh, winning six straight games over that span. That's incredible. Uh, he led the NHL goalies with at least 15 games played in save percentage at even strength with 938. And then Tampa Bay goalie, Honor Vashlevsky, the Russian goalie. Despite missing a month of NHL hockey, Vash had a record of 39-10-4, tied fourth uh, in shutouts with six. He had a 2.4 goals against average and a 925 save percentage in 53 games this season. He helped the Lightning tie an NHL record for wins in most seasons with 62 and won the Vezina Trophy with 128 points. Vashlevsky went 37-3, 37-3 after his turn from foot injury on December 13th, including 10 straight wins from February 9th to March 5th. Uh, and he also could be the first Lightning goalie to win the Vezina after finishing third in voting last season. Um... I'm going to let you do your, your um, award winner first, and I'll do mine. So what, who are you picking for the Vezina? Okay. I think it's tough. 
I don't. I didn't actually have a, a winner picked heading into this podcast because I couldn't decide. And I. It's I, tough. Like they're all good, man. Oh, uh, I think I would have to go with Vasilevsky. I think. Uh, man, like the fact that he went thirty-seven and three after a return from a foot injury was just that's just impressive as shit. Like. And obviously, he was the goaltender for the best team in the National Hockey League this season. Uh, he helped lead the Tampa Bay Lightning into their um, first place finish in the regular season this year. So I, I think I would have to go with Vasilevsky. I am also going with Vesna Vash for this Vesna Trophy Award. I think it's unbelievable what he's done for the Lightning. And we just mentioned uh, he had foot a foot injury. Uh, a goalie, I... I Correct me if I'm wrong, but a goalie needs their foot to push off from post to post and ultimately get into position. And for him to have thirty a thirty-seven and three record after that is incredible because that's insane that he can do that. And his flexibility is unbelievable. Um, he's a young Russian goalie coming up. Uh, I think he needs a contract in one or two years from the Lightning, which is going to be a payday for Andre Vasilevsky. And winning this award will definitely help that uh, contract. But again, this year for the 2018-19 Vesna Trophy, uh, the winner is going to be Andre Vasilevsky. I think he's going to think he's going to be very proud of himself, and the Lightning will be very proud of him. So, uh, Andre Vasilevsky is my winner. Not a bad pick at all. Uh, I guess let's move on to the Norris Trophy finalists. Uh, this award is given annually to the defenseman voted to have demonstrated the greatest all-around ability at the position throughout the season. Brent Birds led the NHL defenseman in assists with 67 points with 83 and game-winning goals, 6, and shots on goal with 300. 300 shots is a lot for a defenseman. Uh, he set a Sharks record for defenseman with an NHL career best, 9-game point streak, 3 goals, 11 assists from October 9th to October 30th. He's the best. He's the first defenseman in Sharks history to have at least 60 assists, and Burns was second among NHL defensemen in shorthanded points with five, and seventh in average time on ice with 25 minutes and six seconds. Uh, Victor Hedman is the second nominee for the Norris Trophy. He won the Norris Trophy last season, uh, and this is his third consecutive season as a finalist for this trophy. He led the Lightning defenseman in goals with 12, assists with 42, and points with 54, and game-winning goals with 4, and overtime goals with 2 in 70 games. He had an NHL career-high 7-game point streak with 2 goals, 8 assists from March 9th to March 20, 21st, and scored at least 10 goals for a 6th straight season. Victor Hedman, who is Tampa Bay's all-time leader among defensemen with 418 points, 94 goals, 324 assists, and 696 NHL games is anchored a, de- a defense who led the NHL with a plus 98 goal differential. Mark Giordano is the final nominee for this award. Uh, he was also a nominee for um, the, I believe it was the Messier yep, you're uh, right. yep. award. Yep. Uh, shit, sorry, I just lost. No, you're just reading his stats here. Yeah, no, I, I was scrolling up to find out what award he was nominated for before. Um, anyways, 
he finished second among NHL defensemen in scoring with 74 points and 17 goals and 57 assists, which is his NHL career high, and led the NHL with a plus um, plus minus rating of 39. He led Calgary in average time on ice with 24 minutes and 14 seconds per game and had 21 power play points, six shorthanded points, uh, four of them of which were goals, and was an even or plus rated player in 58 of 78 games this season. He could become the fourth player age 35 or older to win the Norris Trophy since it was awarded first awarded in 1954. Thomas, I, I want to hear your prediction here first. Yeah, there's a lot of reading in this um, this episode, but it's well it's well written, I think, and it's well-deserved for every stat that we're reading for every player because they should be recognized. But the man who should be recognized and who should win the Norris Trophy is uh, Mark Giordano. Uh, there's nothing to say about Mark Giordano, but good for this guy. He captained the Calgary Flames, First um, first in the Western Conference, uh, look at his points there. He had 74 points for the Calgary Flames. Uh, he was the best defenseman by far. Could have been their best player maybe uh, besides Johnny Goudreau this whole season. He had 57 assists, which is incredible. Uh, he had an NHL, that was an NHL career high. And like he was a plus 39. I think that was the best in the league, right? And Yeah, that was the best yeah, well, in the league. It's the league best, yeah. And there's nothing to say about this guy. He's also doing this at the age of 35, which is very, it's like, it's for the track record of young defensemen in this league, you know, overtaking the league. And for this guy to do it at 35 and older is incredible. So I think it's Mark Giannino's award to win. Um, In my opinion, I think Morgan Riley should have been nominated for this award over Victor Hedman. But just completely agree. 100% agree. Yeah. But I, I would, even if Riley was nominated, I would still have Mark Giordano as the winner because he's just incredible. And doing it at the age he's at is, is incredible as well. I I like that prediction and your analysis of why, but I think I'm going to have to go with Brent Burns just because the fact that he led NHL defensemen in assists, points, game-winning goals, and shots on goal is pretty impressive to me. Um, and he also has... An average time on ice with 25 minutes and 6 seconds, which is, that's a lot of time on ice, um, considering that there's 82 games in an NHL season. I like Brent Burns for this award, I think. He's a big part of, um, the like, he kind of plays a leadership role uh, in San Jose for the some of the younger guys. Uh, I think he definitely demonstrated the greatest all-around ability at the defenseman position. So I think I'm going to have to go with Brent Burns. Not a big bad pick at all. Um, we're entering the final two awards of the night that will be Probably presented. Probably the biggest, definitely the biggest two, I would say. Yeah, and the next award is the Ten Lindsay Award, and their finalists are uh, Patrick Kane, Connor McDavid, and Nikita Kucherov. Uh, this award is actually said to be probably the biggest award of the night, based on uh, recognition from the players, because this award is uh, voted by the fellow players, the NHL Players Association, for most outstanding player in the NHL. So to get recognition from your uh, fellow teammates, your fellow players in the league, watching you play on a night-to-night basis is pretty cool. And I think that's what Connor McDavid said, I think, last year, a few years ago about this award. Uh, so getting recognition, again, from your peers is unbelievable as well. So we'll go through the, the stats of the players. So first off is Patrick Kane. Uh, he's probably He is my favorite player, actually, uh, to watch in the National Hockey League uh, since he's been uh, introduced to the league. Uh, he had 44 goals, 66 assists. 
and 110 points this season, which led the Blackhawks. Kaner tied uh, Kucherov for second and even strength points with 80 this season. <laughs> it's incredible. And was third in the NHL in scoring and points per game with 1.36. He averaged an ice time of 22 minutes, 29 seconds, was third among all forwards. Kane surpassed the 40 goal, 60 assist, and 100 point marks in the same season for the second time in his NHL career. Uh, the first game back in 2015-16 where he won the Hart Memorial Trophy for league's MVP. Uh, Kane is the only player in Blackhawks history to win the award and would be the 10th recipient at age 30 of age 30 and older in the award's 48th season history. Uh, young phenom Connor McDavid, there's nothing to say about him. He's probably the best player in the league, and we all know it. Uh, he recorded an NHL career high, 116 points, 41 goals, 75 assists, and 78 games after winning the scoring title in each of the past two seasons. He led all players in even strength points with 81, one more than Kane and Kucherov. McDavid's 41 goals matches total from 2017-18 and were tied for sixth in the NHL this year. His 1.49 points per game were second in the league to Kucherov with 1.56. He tied for second among all players in game-winning goals with nine and was third in takeaways with 99, Wayne Gretzky, and led all NHL forwards in average race time of 22 minutes and 50 seconds. Uh, this would mark McDavid would be the first player to win this award three times before his 23rd birthday and the first to win it in three consecutive seasons since Alexander Ovechkin of the Washington Capitals from 2008 to 2010. McDavid is, yeah, he's the best player in the NHL. We all know it. Anyways, there's nothing to say about him because we always say it. Uh, Nikita Kucherov, the last nominee we have here at the Tampa Lightning. Uh, he played in all 82 regular season games and has won the Art Ross Trophy as the league's, M, uh, league's top scorer. His 128 points were an NHL career high and the most in league history by a Russian-born player, surpassing the previous mark of 127 set by Alexander McGillany of the Buffalo Sabres in 92-93. Kucherov, who, turns, who turned actually 26 on, is going to turn 26 on June 17th, which is today, June 27th, June 17th is today, so he turned 26 today. Happy birthday, Nikita Kucherov. Uh, he led the NHL in multi-point games with 38 points per game. 1.56 and power play points with 48 uh, is 87 assists, which is unheard of. Uh, that's probably that can lead teams in points. 87 assists. Uh, he also lead the NHL and matched single season record for most assists by a winger set by Yarmy Yager of the Pittsburgh Penguins in 95-96. So Flagger, who do you have? I'll say mine later, but I. I okay, how do you not go with Kucherov for this award, dude? Like. He put up 41 goals, 87 points, and 128 points in 82 games this season. He also played all 82 games this season. I can't see a reason why you do not go with him. Like, he's just, he was outstanding this year. Uh, I think he has my vote. I'm sure he had votes of many other players in the NHLPA. So I think he he's going to take this award home, I think. Uh, for me, because I started off this award by talking about the NHL peers and saying who the best player in the NHL is. I think McDavid is going to win it because he is the best player in the league. And I think everybody knows it. Uh, again, this award is voted by the peers in the NHL and his teammates. So to say Connor McDavid isn't the best player in the NHL is probably like not right. But Nikita Kucherov is right, right, right behind him now because he put up 128 points this season. But again, it's voted by the peers, and I think they recognize that Conor McDavid is the best player in this league and will be for, I don't know, probably the next 10, maybe this whole career, uh, Conor McDavid is going to be the best player in the league. That's why I'm going to go with the, this him for this award. 
But the next award, I think it's Kudrow's to win, but we'll see. Well, I just want to mention, I want to argue against you for a second here. Um, although Kucherov had a supporting cast to play with, he did not have a lot of hype coming into the league ever at all. Um, he kind of came out of nowhere the last last few seasons. There was no praise for him at all. Uh, yeah. He was not a prodigy by any means. Mm-hmm. Came into the league, uh, I believe he came into the league in 2013, and he only put up like 18 points in his first season. He played 52 games. Connor McDavid was expected to be a stud in the NHL. So I think Kucherov deserves it. Like he no, put yeah, 128 yeah. points. Like I think I really think players are gonna be voting for him. But who knows? We'll find out Wednesday night. Yeah, it's like none of these players are a stupid pick for the MVP or the Ted Lindsay Award. It's the best. Like whoever they think the best player in the league is, I think it's McDavid. So I'm gonna go with McDavid. But again, Kucherov's like right, right there. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see on Wednesday night. But uh, we'll move on. To the next award, which is probably the biggest award of the night, the Hart Memorial Trophy, and its finalists are Connor McDavid, Sidney Crosby, and Nikita Kucherov. Uh, do you want to just mention the stats we have here? All right, I'll start with Connor McDavid. Uh, as stated before, McDavid recorded 41 goals, 75 assists, and 116 points. The 22-year-old center finished in a three-way tie with Gabriel Landeskog of the Colorado Avalanche and Brad Marchand of the Boston Bruins for game-winning goals this year. Uh, with a total of nine. He also had an NHL personal high in power play goals, power play points with 33 points, and overtime goals with three. Shooting percentage, 17.1%, and a face-off winning percentage of 46.6%. So he probably impressed himself a little bit this season (laughs) with those stats. Uh, Moving on to Sidney Crosby, the second nominee, arguably the best player in the league. Since he came into it, uh, he had 100 points in. Sorry, he had 100 points with 35 goals and 65 assists to become the only active NHL player with six 100-point seasons. He's finished among the top five in Hart Trophy voting in five of the past six seasons and will finish no worse than third this season. Obviously, uh, the 31-year-old center ranked fifth in the NHL in faceoff wins. With a thousand and twelve and fifteenth and faceoff winning percentage, with fifty five point four percent among players with at least seven hundred and fifty faceoffs taken, Sidney Crosby looks to become the second player this century to win the Hart Trophy after beginning the season at age thirty or older. Uh, Joe Sakic was the first player to do this this century in two thousand in two thousand one season. Yep. Uh, and Nikita Kucherov. 25-year-old right wing also set lightning records for assists and points this season. Uh, He had 41 goals, 87 points, and 128 points in 82 games played this season. He played the full season. Kutrov looks to become the second lightning player to win the Hart Trophy, joining uh, forward Martin St. Louis, who won it in 2003-2004. Now, C... For me, I mean, we already, yeah, I, you already mentioned yours. I know you're going to go with Kucherov. Yeah. Why, though? Why? Well, because I think that everyone um, that's not involved in the, well, not involved, I would say, but like not playing the sport as a player against him uh, would think uh, that would think that he's the best player in the NHL. Look, he led the NHL with points, 128, and he was obviously Tampa Bay's uh, best player throughout the whole year. And he was obviously the league's best player throughout the whole year. 
he, he wasn't inconsistent whatsoever throughout the year. I would know that because my brother owned him in fantasy and would talk about him every, every second. Um, I think Nikita Kucherov is probably like, I don't he's probably the most dynamic player in the NHL. He could pass, he could shoot at an elite level. And I think he's going to be part of that uh, Lightning franchise for a long time after his contract ends. So, and he's obviously on a good contract too. He's making $9.5 million for the Tampa Lightning. That's a bargain. And I think, and I think with all the RFAs getting a lot of money this season or off season, I think no player in the NHL now should make more than Connor McDavid and Nikita Kucherov are making because they're probably the two best players in the NHL as of right now. And I think that uh, people, you know, the media knows that Nikita Kucherov is the best player this season, but in the NHL, I think it's Connor McDavid. But again, this award is voted to the best player um, that exemplifies the best qualities of an MVP throughout the league. And I think that Tampa Bay Lightning's MVP was Nikita Kucherov. And I think the league's MVP was Nikita Kucherov. So that's why I'm going with Nikita Kucherov for this award and McDavid for the other award. Because I think the peers know that McDavid is the best player in the NHL. Yeah, no, I'm going to go with Kucherov as well. I mean, how can you not go with him? I'm predicting, though, that he's going to be walking away from this NHL awards ceremony with Ted Lindsay and her trophy. Um, I think it's really impressive that Kucherov is the only nominee for the Hart Trophy that played the full season, 82 games. Uh, McDavid only played 78 games this season, and uh, Sidney Crosby played 79. So pretty close to full seasons, but not not yeah. quite there. Uh, so I think like man, Kucherov just dominated this season. Exactly, yeah. points in 82 games. Like, that's just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I don't, like, I don't even remember the last time we saw a player put up over 120 points in an NHL season. I think it was Crosby back in, like, 2006 or seven or something. Like, and a we haven't, time ago, like, yeah. until last year, I think. Last year was the first season where someone put up 100 points um, since Kane did it. And then before that was, I think, Crosby did it. So I like where the NHL is going, uh, to backtrack for a second. I like where the NHL is going with all the people putting up 100 points, all the good players putting up the numbers everyone thinks they should put up because it's incredible to see the amount of offense, offensive ability we're now that's being showcased in the league now. Uh, it's not for good for goalies, obviously. But again, like the goalies that are nominated, nominated for the Vesna this year have put up great stats and have showed that you know, the 100-point guys are not going to get, uh, like, all the goals and points against them. But, yeah, like, again, Nikita Kucherov, Conor McDavid, Sidney Crosby are all great players. And, again, Sidney Crosby was Conor McDavid. The debate is still on who's the best player in the NHL. And now Nikita Kucherov has entered that race. So we're going to see that for the next few years. But I think Kucherov, he's uh, he's lifting the Hart Memorial Trophy when he leaves the NHL awards on Wednesday night. I also just want to go back to what we just talked about for the uh, the Ted Lindsay Award. Kucherov led the NHL in multi-point games with 38 points per game with 1.56 and power play points with 48. That's pretty impressive. 1.56 points per game is very, very impressive. And 38 multi-point games is just incredible. So I think it's a no-brainer for the Hart Trophy. Kucherov is definitely going to walk away with it, I think. I'd be shocked if we saw otherwise, I think. And I think this is enough reading and talking for enough for enough for today uh that was a lot to digest yeah this was a long episode thank you for sticking with us to our listeners and thanks for your continued support
Yeah, we have viewership. We really enjoy it. Um, and we're also going to enjoy a new Twitter handle we have now. So we're moving on to our last words here on episode 18. Uh, so we have a new Twitter. It's called the underscore breakdown. So follow that the underscore BRKDWN on Twitter. That's our new handle. We've obviously we've mentioned that our Twitter account got suspended. Uh, we were going to use the esports one. But then Jordan Whitney, El Jefe, the MVP of the BreakdownSports.com, uh, came in clutch with this new account. So thank you, Jordan, for that. Uh, do you have any last words to say, Flager? Uh, well, Thomas and I are going to be coming out with a NHL Fantasy Hockey Awards article sometime this week. It'll probably be out on Thursday or Friday of this week after the NHL Awards. So if you're looking for um an awards article based on players with the best stats for each stat definitely check that out because that'll be pretty interesting uh like i said check out the breakdownsports.com later this week on thursday or friday uh to read that article and i haven't yeah go ahead what you gotta say i was just gonna say i think that's really all i got though okay i got one more thing to say uh obviously the awards are wednesday the draft is friday uh, we're we're going to come up with an episode on Saturday, but I don't think Flager is going to be sitting in the co-host seat on I will not. Saturday. I'm, so I'm going to be on a big golf trip. A <laughs> big time. golf trip. Four I'm going to be golfing. Okay, <laughs> golfed within, since Saturday, I golfed Saturday afternoon with you. Yes. Uh, and then I'm going to be going tonight just to play nine holes um, on Monday night. And then I'm going to go play another 18 holes on Thursday, another 18 holes on Friday, another 18 holes on Saturday, and another 18 holes this Sunday. So I'm going to be golfing a lot. I think I might golf more in this one week than I did. Actually, no, last season I golfed a lot. But the season before that, I might have only got out like four times. So I'm going to be golfing quite a bit this weekend. So, yeah, so I won't be on on that episode with you. But, uh Hopefully, yeah. So well, well, we have we have a few people in mind. We, yeah, it's, exactly. Nothing's confirmed yet. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, let's not announce anything. Yeah, I wasn't gonna announce anything, but we we are in need of a host for Saturday for the NHL draft special and pre- uh, recap and the NHL awards recap and the winners of that. So uh, we're heading into crunch time in the off season. It's almost free agency. It's almost time for the RFAs to sign their contracts with their teams. So we will keep you updated on everything about that. Uh, my new article for the St. Louis Blues storyline should be out. We mentioned that last podcast with reading. So that should be out very, very soon. Uh, we've got some lots of NHL content, sports content, you name it. We all have it at thebreakdownsports.com. Our new Twitter handle is the, the underscore breakdowns. Paul that. Uh, that's it for episode 18 of the End Time Puck Talk podcast. Uh, we will chat with you on Saturday.